everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. We are going to talk about Father's Day, not the, the holiday, the, the Doctor Who episode. But before I do that, I would like to welcome in my good friend, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going? Oh, man, John, it's going pretty good. I just got back from uh, having a fantastic dinner with my wife. We're celebrating our 14th wedding anniversary. She's making goofy faces at me right now Oh, um, <laughs> as I record. Yeah, I'm in a little bit of a food coma. How are you doing? I'm doing uh I'm doing pretty well. It's uh kind of hot here. It's kind of hot yeah. everywhere in California, I feel. I'm doing doing pretty well. I can't no complaints. No complaints. <laughs> yeah, to here too. In fact, uh day actually included running out and and looking at what might have almost been my next project car it was not meant to be uh why is that um the i like to say it this way the reality of it did not do justice to the pictures it looked a lot better than it actually was and uh was not not worth the price point at which it was priced well (laughs) say la vie yep (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly right that's exactly right another one will come along and i'll go check that out and who knows that could be the one there there are plenty of cars in the sea oh i mean on the on the road not in the sea <laughs> there you know there have been some you know ships and stuff that have sunk there's plenty in the sea too but i don't True. think i want any of them no i think those are yeah should just steer clear of those definitely so taylor <laughs> yeah we got some who news I feel like we've got a big chunk of who news. We have who news up the wazoo. And this first one regards our favorite convention of the Doctor Who variety. <laughs> yes. Gallifrey One has announced their first, like, I don't know, wave of guests. Yes, the first wave is the here. Because I know there's more coming. And I. I looked at just all of these names, and I'm like, really? You're going to fit more in? Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> I can't wait for this. I really, I'm so excited. It's going to be amazing. It's um, Paul McGann is making his return, which is just fantastic. I love Paul McGann. I'm so excited for that. And I, I believe, I'm not sure, making her first, her very first North American convention in over 20 years, Miss yeah. Lala Ward. We are very excited. Very, very excited for Romana too. Yeah, that's going to be epic. Who else? Who else? William Russell, an original. Uh, yeah. yeah, Ian Chesterton from the William Hartnell years. Um, also, uh, Peter Purvis who played Steven and who was in the meddling month, which we reviewed at the beginning of our tour through the doctors. Yes. Um, who else? Oh, Fraser Hines. Yes. One Frazier of your Hines. favorites. Yes. He's... I'm very excited. I'm, I'm excited because I'm excited for you. <laughs> he, I've seen him a couple of times and he is just a delight. He's fantastic. That's awesome. I, I think Nick Briggs is going to be there. Yes. Nicholas Briggs will be there. Um, and apparently the son of Patrick Troughton, Michael Troughton, will be there. And just seeing this That's right now. Right. That's right. And I think also, if I'm not mistaken, oh my gosh, Katie Manning, who played uh, Joe Grant during the third Doctor's tenure. Yes. And 
Oh, Paul, Paul Cornell is going to be there. He was on a podcasting panel with uh, Mr. M.A. Soko, which we will get to That's in a little right. bit. The episode that we're reviewing this week. That is very true. And uh, last but certainly not least, my favorite, uh, Mr. Tony Lee. He is brilliant, and I actually found out in the span of a couple of days that he is obviously a Doctor Who fan. He is a wrestling fan and he is also oh. a new york mets fan so he is basically uh my long lost uncle to which he once replied your uncle wishes he was as cool as me and i said you're probably right <laughs> that's fantastic now what would what would i know tony lee from tony lee he like... he's written a lot of the idw comics like a whole bunch of them and he's done i think a, a handful of big finish audios okay okay gotcha because the name didn't ring a bell right off the bat so i just needed a yeah a jog <clears throat> cool he's, he's written for basically any comic company you can think of he's written for them okay wow nice those are some good credentials yes he is fantastic so yes gallifrey is going to be amazingly fantastic uh-huh can i sound incredibly white and say completely off the chain yes there will be no chains to be found anywhere. Indeed. Indeed. Now, this next note is pretty exciting, and I did not know this until I saw this note right here. So, apparently... Yeah, Doctor Who is now technically eligible for an Emmy. Now, how did you find this information out? Uh, came across an article uh, online because I can't focus on data sheets all day long. True. Um, so, I... Need to, need to refocus my attention sometimes. Um, and came across an article that because uh, BBC America is, I think, co-producing Doctor Who now, not just airing it, but right. literally co-producing it, they are technically eligible to submit their stuff for Emmy consideration. Oh, okay. Well, yep. let's let's hope here for your consideration. Let's let's get it going. I think it's more than eligible. I mean, unfortunately, we've seen other awesome science fiction shows like Orphan Black go yeah. for a very long time and not get some of the uh, critical attention it deserves. Uh, I, I wouldn't hold my breath for it, but I'd be very excited. Uh, and, and very hopeful if uh, if it did get nominated in in, in, a, in any category. Yes, I 100% agree. That would be fantastic if that was to co come to be. That would be amazing. I'd be very excited yeah, for that. Fingers crossed for the the Doctor Who team. Yes, definitely. All of every single one of them. <laughs> yes, indeed. So Taylor, uh, this next note, I'll just, I guess I'll just take it from here. We will be introducing a brand new Doctor Who related podcast to NOTLG come next week. It will be myself, Mr. M.A. Soko, Michael Soko, and Miss Lauren Bancroft. And the name of this episode, or the name of this show is This Is Where It Gets Complicated. And it's a magazine format. It will be a once-a-month thing here on our little network. And, um, yeah, we're going to be reviewing Torchwood and also some Big Finish audios and maybe even some comic books. And we'll have some interviews and some other stuff. 
And uh, we just finished recording the first episode last week, and um, I sent Taylor a rough cut of it, and yeah. um, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, definitely. And I, I made a point of uh, giving it a listen uh, probably the morning after you sent it to me, and and, and even, even as a rough cut with about all the little finishing touches on there. It, it's hilarious. It's fun. It's a delight to listen to the three of you guys talk um, about kind of the greater Doctor Who universe. And uh, uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm hoping everybody, if you're listening to this after what, the end of June, beginning of July, go check it out. Uh, give it a listen. Uh, support these guys. It's it's going to be a good show. If, if anything, this show should go up on the last day of wow we're almost done with june that's nutty this should go up on maybe the last day of june and we'll probably hit you with this is where it gets complicated the next day so you get a double dose of doctor who pow pow (laughs) pow pow so there you go be on the lookout for that and this next note is awesome there's yeah uh the lead on class will be an lgbt character that's awesome yeah and the article that I saw that talked about this is is it's not it's not going to be the kind of thing where you know the character is is like closeted in any sort of way. It, it's it's very much it's like yeah here I am this is my boyfriend and you know we have a happy normal relationship which which many gay and lesbian and everything else under the uh, spectrum people have worldwide so this is fantastic that this is going to be reflected in this show and and honestly it almost makes me more likely to check it out and give it a try because it's so inclusive like this already yeah excellent job by the doctor who universe once again i mean we we've gotten some of this on doctor who and maybe a little bit on torchwood but it's nice that the lead character of this show yes that's very awesome yeah that's really cool taylor season ready for this last bit hmm? i said ready for this last bit I, I i i think i am i think i'm ready for this last bit all right we have season 10 news folks because season 10 has oh, started shooting like now. It's probably uh, happening right like, now as you're listening to this. It is. It is. In fact, I even uh, just a couple days ago saw a little video that Pearl Mackey shot from yes. her, her first day. You, did you see that oh, as well? I did. It made me so happy. It was very cool. She was so excited. It, she was. Oh. She was. Um, and and relatedly, I've, I got to admit, I'm kind of jealous. I found... Uh, someone who goes by the handle of Doctor Who Collector on Instagram lives in Wales. Oh, um, and and has um, both uh, pictures and and video of uh, meeting both Peter Capaldi, I think twice in two days, uh, and and Pearl Mackey like on the set. And I'm like, oh, dude, I am. I am envious of you. In fact, one day, one day uh, that he met Peter Capaldi, he was wearing basically like penance uh, suit. Yes, I did see that. And I saw that. Did you see that? Yes. And he actually notes, he's like, yeah, Peter Capaldi is like, oh, nice suit. I used to have one just like that. And I was like, ah, that's too cool. <laughs> I did see a little bit of that video where he's talking to him about how the um, – costume department was trying to ma- recreate something was it that video yes yeah i saw yes. and that was i yes. was just like he's just talking to this dude 
on the side of the street. This is great. I love this. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. But we've got other season 10 news on top of that. Matt Lucas, actor Matt Lucas, who we last saw in last year's Christmas special as Nardole, say that three times fast, is going <laughs> to be, it seems kind of a, a semi-regular in the now, new season. Nardole was the character who had his head cut off, correct? And it was uh, yes. placed into that giant mech thing. Yes. All right. Um, so whether or not he will still be part Gundam or not, I don't know. <laughs> but to quote the moth, he says, delighted and slightly amazed to be welcoming Matt Lucas back onto the TARDIS. Onto the TARDIS, not onto the set, onto oh, the TARDIS. Wow. Uh, and this time it's not just for Christmas. He's sticking around. One of the greatest comedy talents on planet Earth is being unleashed on all of time and space. That's cool. Um... <clears throat> yeah, that is cool. I don't know if he's going to have a body as well. I'm sure he'll be a completely different character. Um, you think so? I would. I would think so. I don't. I don't. I don't know if they just keep the head in the. I feel if they like keep the head in a box. It'd just be too weird and very yeah. reminiscent of that one guy from the Matt Smith seasons, the later one. Remember when they cut off that oh, guy's head? Yes. And left it in the left it in that yes. box with the monks. The um um. And, oh, my God. <laughs> you know I'm talking I, about. I know who you're talking about. In fact, I think he's going to be at Galley. Um, uh, he has been at Galley before, and he he has, has a, done okay. – he does his closing speech when um, Matt Smith's walking away from him, the Doctor Who speech. It's, it's great. Oh, nice. It's so good. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, also the first – two episodes of the new uh, season. Not sure if it's a two-parter, but the first two episodes uh, will be written by Stephen Moffat and novelist Frank Cottrell Boyce, who you might recognize as the writer of In the Forest of the Night from season eight. Now, In the Forest of the Night, was that the... uh, That was the... um, Oh, you're going to have to remind me of that one. Is that the... That's, That's where the trees take over? Oh... I don't know if that one was. I mean, it was. It wasn't the best. It was forgettable. You're right. It, it, <laughs> that's the one where it's with all the kids, right? Exactly right. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Never mind. <laughs> well, also, uh, Sarah Dollard, who wrote Face the Raven, is going to be back writing for season ten, and a new writer named Mike Bartlett. Uh, we'll also be writing for season 10. Awesome. Do we have, um, oh, and didn't la- last time we, uh, we noted that, um, Mycroft was writing again, right? Um, yes. Mark Gatiss. Yes. Uh, will also be writing. That's correct. I that is correct. And I know. And I was just like, wait, who? Oh yeah, that's right. I'm looking up, um, Mike Bartlett and it doesn't look like he looks like a playwright. Oh, really? I don't see, and I could be wrong, He's it looks like he's written some audio dramas for BBC Radio, um, okay. a lot of plays, mm-hmm. and that looks to be it. He's directed some stuff, too. So okay. Very, it should be an interesting episode. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Are we, are we ready for the main event? Are we ready for... Uh, actually, first of all, are we ready to talk about something that we could actually see this time? I'm very ready. <laughs> uh, I actually watched it just last night, so it's nice and fresh in my head. As 
is my viewing. Yes, very fresh. Not as fresh as it usually is, but this is very recent. So, <laughs> this week we watched Father's Day starring Christopher Eccleston as the doctor, Billy Piper as Rose, Camille Codry as Jackie Tyler, and Sean Dingwall as Pete Tyler. It was written by Paul Cornell and directed by Joe Ahern, and it first aired uh-huh. May 14th, 2005, and we have, oh boy, we have some story notes. We do have some story notes, finally. First, it kind of still blows my mind that that was 11 years ago. 11 years and a month ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a very long time ago. Oh my god. Um, anyway, uh, in watching the episode, the songs <laughs> Never Gonna Give You Up by everyone's favorite Rick Astley. <laughs> um, I think this actually means that the Doctor Who production crew have Rickrolled us now. Uh, now I almost and, feel uh, sorry. Right. I, I almost feel like this was this happened before Rick Rolling. Oh God! Do we now have to look up the earliest yeah. instance of Rick Rolling? We'll look it up later. But I'm pretty sure okay. this predates Rick Rolling. It it might actually come to think of it, it might. Uh, and the song "Don't Mug Yourself" by the Streets uh, play on Pete's car radio. The latter, the one by the Streets, is used to highlight the disruption to the timeline because the song was released in 2002. I love the Streets. The Streets are fantastic. If yeah, you, they're very cool. If you are listening to this and you have not listened to a Streets album, I suggest you go do so. And trust John, he knows his music. Thank you. I've been getting that a lot lately, and it makes me it it makes me feel very uh, warm inside. <laughs> oh, good, good. Next story note: the the I love saying this the Blinovich limitation effect, uh, which I think will be a future DJ name of mine, <laughs> um, states that the crossing and affecting of time streams can have unforeseen effects. Duh. Uh, this is why the doctor is so insistent that Rose not directly touch her baby self. Don't touch the baby, Rose. Don't touch the baby. And we wind up seeing what happens when you do. Yes. <laughs> uh, there And there are other examples across uh, uh, Doctor Who where this Blinovich limitation effect obviously has other ill effects. Um but even though the Doctor has met his different incarnations many times, this is only the second time that the Doctor has met a second version of his current incarnation. This previously happened to the third Doctor. Uh, the 11th Doctor would later meet a second version of himself several times. And I had to add in here, I'm like, wait, doesn't 12 also do that in Before the Flood? Yes, he does. Okay. So when they land, when they land and then they land again with the crazy guy. Yes. Okay. So it's three times, not just two. TARDIS Wiki needs an update then. (laughs) Just a a small one. (laughs) All right. Suggesting. So Taylor, you have a world renowned synopsis for us. Indeed. Indeed. Short and sweet. The doctor takes Rose back to November, 1987 twice technically to witness well save her dad from dying and in doing so really screws up time oh does does she ever ah yeah can we please the first thing i want to talk about is how we Mm. start this episode it is a slow zoom in shot of rose's dad pete Mm. which is 
it's it almost looks like America's most wanted like slow zoom in of this is Pete Tyler, a man who you know, I don't know, it's just, just so creepy. Flash a one eight hundred number on the bottom. If you've seen Pete Tyler or any uh, I don't know. I don't know. But there you go. That's that's what I thought of immediately. I'm surprised the picture didn't turn black and white. That's too funny. The color oh just God. leaves the picture because he's so evil. And then, dun dun. <laughs> that's not order. What am I thinking? No, there's another. What was the other one? Okay, so we'll go on this tangent just for a second. So, oh, Inside Edition. That was the other one. Yes. All right. Never mind. I figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out on my own. So Rose is talking to the doctor and she says, I want to go like hang out with my dying dad. I want to like, you know, make sure he has somebody there. Cause my mom would tell me all these stories about him and how cool he was. And I want to be there for him. And the doctor says your wish is my command, which is a very odd line coming from the doctor. I thought it is. And then follows it with be careful with what you wish for, which really made me think I'm like, okay, you, you almost know what's going to happen. Yes. I mean, yeah. not maybe like, like thing for thing, but you're like, okay, yeah, we'll go do this. But I expect you, <laughs> I expect you to screw it up. And yeah, he's, um, of course he's right. <laughs> well, and, it's it really when he says it, he almost seems a bit smug. Yes, yes, he seems very smug, and I almost because we're still fresh out of the time, the time war, and he just seems kind of like this. I don't know. He just seems kind of like I don't. He just doesn't really care. It almost feels like he's like, well, let's do this because I know she's going to screw it up, and maybe I don't have to deal with these problems anymore. It, yeah, it's it. There's almost. Um... Oh, I don't know if you'd want to say there's an element of recklessness to it, but it almost seems like there is. Yes. It, uh, yeah. I, you know, I would say there is an element of recklessness to it. It just seems very like he, this is almost something he would explain. Here are all the things that could go wrong. But then right. it's like, uh, never mind. Let's just do it anyway. I don't care. It's an off day. <laughs> so it's an off day. Yeah. Right. I think in the flashbacks, we find out that Pete was uh, killed in a hit and run. Mm-hmm. And they go back, and they're kind of just they're just standing there, and yeah, like really close to where Pete pulls up. And I'm like, okay, if I was Pete, I'd be like, um, who are these people? Why are they staring at me? <laughs> like, I almost wouldn't get out of the car. Yeah, it it was it actually would have been funny if they had distracted him because he was looking at them being like who are these people and then he gets hit by the car <laughs> oh god yeah that, that'd be even worse <laughs> like they they would have to be there in order for him to actually get it yes uh, so and did you notice on one of the posters as they were kind of panning up to that there's a little bad wolf oh is there <sighs> there is yep i didn't see and it. i would not honestly i wouldn't have even noticed it because it's it's below the middle of the screen, so my eyes are not drawn there automatically. Uh, but I've seen the reference to it on TARDIS Wikia, so I need to look for it. I bet they did that on purpose with the where your eye is drawn to. Because I feel like in the middle of that screen there was a kind of neony yellow and green sign. It was, it was uh, it was like like kind of neony yellow and 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 red or orange yeah. or something. So that your eye is drawn to that. Eyes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. And, and the motion is going from uh, right to left. So and you, you're expecting to look around the corner of this wall. Yeah. So your eye is already going past it as it goes like under your vision almost. So it's very sneaky. <clears throat> so we see the accident and the doctor says, go, you know, you got to go be with him now. It's, it's not going to be much longer. And she can't do it. She's yeah, just like, freezes up. I can't do it. Can we try again? And the doctor's like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> We're just in. Yeah. Which let's take reckless to a, yeah. another. We got two sets of danger going on here. Yeah. Let's do it again. So and then he's giving her direction. And I'm just like, this is not going to go well because we see we see the rose and or the rose. We see Rose and the doctor. From the first, now we're entering like double timelines, and he's like, "Okay, wait for our our former selves to leave, and then <clears throat> and then go." And she decides, "Nah, this is this is uh, this is not going to work out for me." Uh, Pete gets out of the car, and she run first of all runs past the other Rose Stop. and Doctor. Yes. <laughs> to which, as soon as that happens, they disappear. Um, yeah and she saves her dad and the car just goes by and the doctor is not happy he is he is uh arms folded very upset at what just happened they oh my goodness he's i i don't think he says a word until they are alone yeah i'm pretty sure yeah because we have that whole scene with uh, Rose and her dad where they're kind of just talking in the street and then mm-hmm. they're driving back then they're in the apartment and then it's not until Pete goes into a different room that they start arguing totally and boy do they I mean because there's like uh, a couple of references so oh is that your boyfriend and you know that kind of stuff and I'm like boy they're sure fighting yeah. like they're a couple <laughs> yes they are and, and John it, is it is it just me? Now, I watched this on my DVD copy. Uh-huh. It looked really kind of like 80s Doctor Who in terms of lighting. Is I'm trying to figure out if my DVD's going bad <laughs> or if maybe just the look of that first season maybe just isn't holding up the same way or maybe the filming was done differently. I don't know. I can tell, I can tell you right now, um, I went back and we, we watched uh, the first episode of Torchwood for... Um, for this is where it gets complicated and i think that it aired in the same in the same year or maybe one year later and oh boy no it doesn't hold up you're completely right like no just how i it's don't filmed. think birchwood came along until a couple of years later because it was after that uh oh, it was after season of yeah where yeah well but within a couple of years yeah, they were within a couple of years of each other and yeah with the set design everything kind of looks it looks old and I don't like it because it wasn't that long ago. No, I mean tor- the beginning of Torchwood at best was maybe ten years ago. Yeah, so it's um, I I see what you're saying with this, like the set and just how it was filmed. It lo- just looked very. It did have a very '80s Doctor Who feel to it. I'm sure it didn't back then, but now it definitely does. Well, and that's and that's why I bring it up because I haven't watched this episode in probably. Eight years, nine years. It's been quite a while now. I, and I'm like, I don't, 
I don't remember it looking like this. Now, I've probably watched it more recently than that because I was catching a bunch of friends up on it, but I mm-hmm. I I don't really ever remember and I think maybe it's more cuz we're reviewing stuff and we're looking at, you know, we're looking for stuff more. Yeah. Um I never really noticed how how this was filmed until this time around compared to like maybe today. Yeah. So, no, you were not you're not wrong to believe that. All right, fair enough. So we get we get that whole blow up scene where right ooh, and it was it was pretty harsh because the doctor's like you're he basically says you're an idiot um, mm-hmm. your entire race is stupid I knew it <laughs> um, another stupid ape another stupid ape and she I, does she offer to give back the TARDIS key or he says give me the TARDIS key. He asks for it back. He asks for it back. She gives it to him without, like, any hesitation. And then she basically says, I know how sad you are. You'll be back in no time. And I was like, dang. Right? So cold. Oh, yeah. And and later when, I'm just going to jump ahead of here real quick, when when he does come running up and oh. things are actually in danger. And, and the look on her face, she's like, ah, I knew he'd be back. Yes. And then she turns around and he's running and he's like, Get in the church. <laughs> Get in the church. And she's church. like, oh, no, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that that really was kind of a, I don't know, kind of a narcissistic thing on Rose's part. Yeah, definitely. And kind of just like, you're ch- this dude has a time machine, and he is also not of this world. You should probably listen to him when he tells you things. <sighs> you would think. And then just... I don't know. Just to I know I know how sad you are. I was just like, man, that is uh that is harsh. So the doctor leaves and yep. he's and this is where things just go crazy go nuts. They start to definitely. Uh somebody found the red filter when filming. Um, yes. So um <laughs> good for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, we need to make it look different. Okay, we we'll <laughs> use this. It w- we just have the red one. Yeah, we just have the red one. Okay, fine. <laughs> it was almost like um, they so they put the red filter on and they're like, no, nah, it doesn't look it doesn't look weird enough. Kind of double vision it a little bit, but not too much. It was so strange. Uh, uh, but I mean, I get I get what they were trying to do. So we don't know what's going on, but this there's this red filter. Something's watching people and just taking them. Mm-hmm. Just taking all these people, and the doctor's walking back to the TARDIS, and this red thing's following him, and he goes to open the TARDIS, and and I had forgotten about this. Um, oh, really? Yes. He opens the TARDIS doors, and it's literally just a police box. There's no TARDIS inside, and he is freaking out. Yeah. And rightfully <laughs> so. I think he, he freaks out for a minute and then goes, Rose, and then runs back to Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get this the weird thing with the car. Let's talk about the car that originally had hit Pete. It is it seems to be rounding the block. Yeah, and and not even the original block. It's like it's followed him because if I remember right uh uh Rose and her dad are now driving to the church where like his friends are about to get married. Right, and it um, almost runs. And them we over. we get this little hint that stuff is wrong because boy, there's a lot of people that's supposed to be here haven't shown up yet. Yes, 
because they're getting erased from time. Yeah. We don't know that yet. No. We and don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but they're coming down the street and all of a sudden, boink, here's this, you know, I'm actually I'm not even sure what kind of car it is. Uh, you would think I would have looked it up. Yeah, I, um, I'm shocked that you didn't. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I didn't, but I, I, I didn't. I was like, oh, amazing, like an old early Ford Escort, but you know, it, it, uh, it does not have a Ford badge. I will tell you that much. I don't know if it's a Vauxhall or or something, but it is it is definitely something British, I believe. And uh, it comes swinging around the corner, and Rose yells, "Dad!" Oh, and as they swerve to miss now, Rose's response as to why she yelled that I would have been like, no, 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 no. I said, damn, because, you know, I was scared. You just misheard me. Yes. It, but she she honestly is being a really bad time traveler I, this whole episode. I'm glad we both have the same note. Rose is bad at time travel. Exactly. Just horribly she is, not uh, good. It's, it's, yeah, it's an episode where she's obviously letting her emotions get in the way, and she's not going, oh, wait, <clears throat> I shouldn't be espousing this much information, and I don't have my wits about me, really. No, this is this entire mission is just completely emotionally charged. and It is. Oh, boy, it doesn't work out. I mean, some we get episodes in Doctor Who. I mean, most of them are emotionally charged. For the most part. Mm -hmm. But this mm -hmm. one is not, how would you say, it's not productive. There we go. <laughs> no. And it's and it's, and it's it's kind of atypical. I mean, uh, at least in, in Classic Who, we, we don't get a lot of episodes where it's like, oh, this person's family is involved. Right. Uh, you know, and we've gotten, obviously, a bit more of that in New Who. I mean, I would say less so since maybe the Martha Jones era. Yeah, definitely. For the most and um but yeah this is not just emotionally charged but personally invested you know you've grown up hearing stories about your dad and and your mom just being like oh i wish there had been someone there for him i mean that 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 completely drives almost every decision every bad decision rose makes in this episode i mean i guess i guess she means well in the first place but it should have just mm -hmm. been like i couldn't i couldn't do this that's that's the end i don't think i can do this let's try again much much later yeah because then it's just like oh i can save him and yeah this is this is where we are <laughs> right and, and i and i think i mean i will completely admit my feelings that i experienced watching this episode have changed since becoming a father myself oh i i bet i bet a 100 percent Oh, completely. I mean, I have trouble watching the news sometimes as a dad. Um, but yeah, when I first watched this, no, I wasn't a dad. But looking at it now, it's like I, I, I get a lot of this a lot more. But at the same time, if for some reason I found myself traveling in time <laughs> and found myself at a point where I could drastically affect the timeline in that kind of sense. I'm sorry. I've seen enough time travel, uh, just the back to the future films, if nothing else that I should know better than to mess with that. Exactly. Yeah. De <laughs> Definitely. I guess Rose never saw back to the future or something. Apparently not. So we are, <laughs> we're in front of the church now and yep. 
we see past Jackie. Past Jackie is here. Past Jackie and past Jackie's hair. Yes, and more bad Rose time travel, just <sighs> stepping yeah. over her own words. Uh-huh. And I'm going to use a wrestling term here, Taylor, so stick with me. Um, all right, all right. I'm with you. Jackie starts shooting on Pete, like in the middle of this crowd. It turns into a shoot. She just says, you're terrible. Who's this girl? Is this one of your, your other girls? And you're a terrible person and all this stuff. And just is laying out all the laundry in front of this church. Man. And, and in front of Rose, who has you know, grown up with these stories of how great it was. And yeah. you can see it in the face that he's just, all of that is just getting just torn down. Yeah. Which is strange. Cause Jackie kind of seems like the person that would just be like, well, your dad, I feel like she'd be a little more truthful with it. She wouldn't like be, Oh, this is your dad. He died. Whatever. I think she would at least be like, well, he wasn't always the best, but he was still a good person. Not, Don't build him up to be like guy riding in on a white horse if he wasn't. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, though, I, I, I've always had this kind of sense of Jackie Tyler um, being almost uh, romanticizing uh, the, the nostalgia, just the, the grabbing onto the good memories. Oh, my gosh, I've lost this person, um, and I know that I was like – mean to them but when something like that happens i think it's almost natural for the mind in some ways to suppress that a little bit and be like you know part of the mourning process is i've lost this person and i'm trying now to remember all the good things and and the 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 elasticity and the fallibility of our own memories every time you remember something you basically rewrite it in your brain and in her mind, she has just built it up into what she describes to Rose as Rose as a child. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, as, as stated before, I have no children of my own, so I don't really know how I would react to any of these situations. <laughs> I, just need to, I just need to feed myself, and that's basically it. And drive myself. You know what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of it's it's good to get two points of views on on what's going on in this episode. And we're always happy to provide that. So what what have we learned? We've learned that Jackie doesn't really care for Pete too much in this moment. Rose is really bad at time travel. Oh, kids Mm -hmm. are just disappearing off the playground. Right. I did like that. Um, that one kid was getting. He was on the swing, and then someone was like pushing him, and then that person was just gone, and he's like, "Nope," and just runs. Totally. That and that was really well done. Where you know you kind of watch it, and the camera's following the swing, and it just comes back, and it's just like, "Oh, okay then." It was very, very. I really, really enjoyed that shot. I also enjoyed the kid running down the street into the church, saying, "Monsters." trying to eat us (laughs) totally that was pretty hilarious and i just assumed everyone was so frightened because of the cgi from 2005 yeah let's talk for a minute about how well that has held up over the past you know 11 years I, you know, at first I went, oh boy, this is just, this is just not good. And I, 
as I watched it a little more, I went, okay, we're in 2005. Got to remember, CGI's come a long way. I, I don't think it was it was too bad. The the murder dragons, as I called them. The, which is a great name for them. Well, they're apparently just like... time bacteria or something like that. Yeah, and I think in... I think in TARDIS Wiki they were actually referred to as the Reapers, but that's never mentioned at any point in the episode. Yeah, we're never given that name. But I like Murder Dragons. That could be like a um, that could be like a pop rock band. <laughs> it I should be. Imagine I could just imagine oh. that name. Oh, see where I went with that? I see. I see exactly where you went with I that. I hope so. Um, yeah, honestly, the CGI. I, I, it's funny. I mean, maybe it was just an effect of kind of how much budget they were given that first season. Yeah. Because I feel like it definitely got better oh, in yes. later seasons. Definitely. But at the same time, I don't feel, I don't know, I don't feel like I can critique it that much because, you know, let's just jump back to, say, Kinda. <laughs> well. And the snake. <laughs> oh, man, the snake. That snake. Oh boy! Suddenly, suddenly the CGI looks really good, doesn't it? It does. It looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor comes running back, and he's yes. yelling for Rose, and Rose goes hee hee, and then she turns around to see him, and he's like running to the church. She <laughs> sees the murder dragon just appear out of nowhere, and into the church. Well, we we kind of get into the church without having. Two people in front of us, like, eaten. Yeah. Which was, I mean, kind of frightening, but also looked kind of cool. That's where I was like, all right, the CG's not too bad. This looks kind of cool. Well, and let's take a moment to to recognize the uh, the Foley artists, who we get a little crunch. Oh, yes. With these. And I was just like, oh, I forgot about that. That's really kind of gross. Yeah. And we're inside, and the doctor's like, oh, good, this building's super old. Jackie starts yelling at him, and he goes, I've waited a long time for this. Yes. <laughs> Jackie Tyler. The delight he takes in that. Jackie Tyler, do as I say and check the doors. And she almost has a kind of like, oh, okay, reaction to it. Well, let's look at the other reactions she's had to the doctor yes. getting around. Very true. Oh, there's a strange man. Yes, oh, there is. Geez. In my bedroom. Yes, I am. Uh, no, 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 not like that. <laughs> oh, geez. I forgot about that. We So, and this this had been a kind of audio clip we'd been getting throughout the episode was the Alexander Graham Bell, the first phone call ever made audio. Which yes. I guess, what would we take that as, as time folding in on itself or something? Yeah, basically, I mean, the the timeline has been, you know, drastically mucked with. Um, And so, yeah, you're hearing a song from 2002 on your car stereo. You're hearing Alexander Graham Bell on your on your rather large brick phone. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So things are just wibbly wobbly for sure. And yeah. We get a lot of in-between kind of awkwardness between Pete and Rose, and it's around around this time where Pete figures out, with all the timey-wimey stuff, that Rose is his daughter, and they have a good cry about it. Yeah, they do. 
I, you know, if there's one scene that stands out in this entire episode, it would have to be the scene with the about-to-be-married couple. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Where they go up to the doctor, and I think the groom is, he's kind of like rattling off, like, well, blah, blah, blah. And then the bride says, are you going to save us? And mm-hmm. he says, well, I'm going to try to. And I, I, he says some other stuff. And I feel like she says something like, well, we're not. Im-, she says something along the lines like we're not very important or something like in the grand scheme of things. And then yeah. he says, who says you're not important? And I went, oh, the doctor, you're the best. It, totally. And I, I really feel like nine. I mean, if there's one thing that I remember or will always remember about Chris Eccleston's doctor is his ability to kind of, I don't know, triumph the importance of the common person. Yes, definitely. Always. Yeah. And and really, I do love that about him. Yeah, I the more I go back and watch Eccleston stuff, the more it, yes, he is fresh off the time war and he is kind of, uh, I guess a grump if you will, but <laughs> when it counts, he hits you with some good stuff. His, totally. his bedside manner is decent. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And Pete and Rose they're you know, they're talking up stuff and, she and he asks, "Well, what am I like?" And she just lies oh, to him. Terribly just lies to him. Lies to him. I can't believe he buys it. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" Just is completely just lying. Yeah. And I mean, really, who 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 goes for a picnic in the country every Saturday? I mean, every Saturday, <laughs> I get bored of that. Let's go once a month, maybe. Yeah, exactly. We find out that this small child who <sighs> runs he runs into the church uh, and he runs up to Rose and hugs her is supposed to be Mickey. <laughs> yeah, and I did not remember that from before. Like, I genuinely flipped my lid at that. So, and then I went, wow, is Mickey really that much older than Rose? I was just going to ask that. So that would mean that Mickey is at least six or five years older than Rose, right? Yeah, because Rose is, I mean, she's an probably infant. less than one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's in that car seat, and he's running around. He's got to be at least five. Yeah, so, I mean, all right. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I, it's just strange. Uh, yeah, I mean. Doesn't seem bad, but okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Speaking of baby Rose. <laughs> Speaking of baby Rose. Don't touch the baby rose, which is a line we use a lot on uh, when we're talking about Legends of Tomorrow on Bampal TV. When, oh, really? Yes, when ridiculously dumb things are about to happen. Don't touch the baby rose. And Rose replies, I'm not stupid. And the doctor says, you could have fooled me. And then yeah. we get a genuine apology from the doctor. And that's nice. Yes. Especially from this then, doctor. I'm like, yes. Yes. Because really up until this point, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching Six and Perry. <laughs> yes. Just yes. a little bit. Very antagonistic. Very antagonistic. So he apologizes and then confides in her that he has absolutely no idea what he's going to do. Like he has no clue at all. Which is uh, disconcerting. <laughs> A little bit, but it's kind of funny because in retrospect, I have ever since the whole 
Like the doctor doesn't go into situations that he doesn't know he can win. Ever since that, that has like colored everything I look at, even even in hindsight, even now. Yes. yes I'm he... like, he knows he's going to, I'm assuming he's going to figure something out. Yeah. It just doesn't come to it. So that, uh, that actually means that he, he even, he knew all of the scenarios that could have happened and said, yeah, I could still probably fix this. Let's go again. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's at this this point, I think she reaches, oh, because she wants her TARDIS key back. So she goes to get the TARDIS key, and it's on fire. It is glowing, and the doctor makes the connection that the TARDIS is trying to tell him that it's still the key is co- still connected to the basically the TARDIS is somewhere and all you need to do is find a battery to charge the key and the TARDIS will magically come back you know sci-fi as you do yes and then he gets up onto the on onto the pulpit and and <laughs> preaches basically that I'm going to save the day I just need a battery and somehow the entire group of people that are all in this church with him have so far managed to not have any problem batting an eye at a glowing key. And, oh, here's a phone battery, because I just happen to have a phone. And they're like, oh, whatever. He's aiming this thing, this glowy stick, this penny whistle. I mean, um, <laughs> sonic screwdriver at it. it. Like, nobody's reacting there's no emoting from them about like what the hell are you doing you know what else why are you standing now that you're Mm. now that you're mentioning all this stuff i just realized he doesn't get a lot of pushback from these people no they just go right along with it we usually in episodes with you know a, a decent amount of people in it we get some pushback some challenging from them and in this one there there is no challenging there's maybe Jackie for like two seconds. Yeah. And that's about it. Like we have no character that's like, no, I'm just going to go outside. It'll be fine. There's nothing like that, which is kind of odd now that I think about it. It it totally is. And, it and you know, again, looking at an episode with a critical eye totally jumped out at me as being like, wait, they're just, I mean, let alone the fact that, you know, these giant murder dragons, yes. which I will now call them, are shrieking flying around and like clawing at the building i wouldn't sit there calmly even calmly depressed accepting anything i would be flipping the flip out yeah like none of these background yeah none of these background characters are flipping out like i guess the the bride kind of it's more of a more of a nervous kind of thing from her yes a worry and concern. Yeah, and yeah, well, I did not notice that until you just started talking about it, and I went back and replayed the episode in my head. Huh. Well, there you nice. go. So, yeah, Pete, for all of his faults, apparently, is a pretty smart guy, and he yeah. puts two and two together, and he goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure that i die, right? That's what's causing all of this. I was supposed to die you saved me, and now all this stuff is happening. Because Rose, I think, says, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's my fault. And he goes, no, it's my fault. Oh, yeah, he says, no, it's my fault. And she goes, no, but I saved you. And he goes, yeah, but I'm your dad, and I should shoulder that responsibility. Yeah. Uh, it, but you know what? 
Not before the doctor starts to kind of get the TARDIS back. I really, I just wanted to mention that I actually kind of really liked that effect. Oh, no, it looked of great. It, like, starting to glow and come back. It was almost looked kind of like a golden kind of glow to it. Mm-hmm. I re- yeah, yes, I really did enjoy that effect. It looked very good. So I'm going to assume that they put more budget into that effect than into the, the Murder Dragons. Uh, probably. So can I Can I just vote? Can I vote for Murder Dragons as being our alternate title this week? You sure can. Okay. And I'm There's pretty sure that will be that will definitely be the the alternate title or maybe don't touch the baby rose. I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. Uh-huh. That would that would be a good one. <laughs> so, speaking of that, that would, yes. um Jackie's like, "What are you talking about with all this stuff?" and he's like, "This is our daughter, see?" and he tries to give the baby Two rows to like yeah. hold it up to her, and mm-hmm. he's like, "No, Rose." And Rose uh, indeedly touched the baby. Yeah, touched the baby, and that unleashed the murder dragons into the church. And the doctor gets eaten. Yeah, he says, "I'm the oldest the- thing here. You probably want to eat me." And the thing goes, "Yeah, you're right," and then eats him. <laughs> And, and suddenly it all looks really hopeless. It all looks very, very hopeless. Pete looks outside the window. The dra- the murder dragons are still flying around. Um, yep. And Pete sees the car, and he sees it disappear. Like, it's rounding the block, and just this, the driver is doing the same thing, like putting his hands up yeah. and then disappearing. Mm-hmm. So he's almost in like a weird time loop thing. Exactly. And he goes, well, I got to do this thing so everything can be set right. You got to let me do this because everything else kind of seemed to be somewhat terrible for you. So let me do this. And he grabs the, uh, what is it, like a vase? Yeah. And he just books it towards the car. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's like maybe he could walk. It's like just take a slow, slow walk and wait for it to come back around again. It's going to come back around again. So I mean, maybe maybe he booked it so a uh, uh, a murder dragon didn't get him uh, first. Yeah, that's probably right. So I mean, I get what you're saying, but yeah, but he's just full speed runs at it, and he does. He gets hit by the car, and the murder dragons disappear, and the doctor reappears and tells. And Go ahead. I like I like how. They did that because you're just looking at Rose. It's kind of like a medium shot, you know, mid midsection up. And then the doctor just walks right up. Just boop. Hi, I'm back. Yes. No explanation. No nothing. Just walks out the door. Hi. Yeah. He just walks out the door and he says, now's your chance. You should go be with him. And Rose runs to her dad, hangs out with her dad for a little bit before he dies. And we finish the story with um, the story is now changed. Yeah. That Jackie is telling young Rose it it now includes Rose in it, but she is just an unnamed girl that was just happened to be out there that held his uh-huh. hand as he passed away. And that's how that story ends. So it it's almost like she influenced herself. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, I think in, in terms of looking at the entire first season, I think it was actually a really good episode in terms of, I guess, for newer viewers kind of being like, okay, look, here's the rule of the time travel. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, here's a very clear lesson of what will happen if you really bugger things up really badly. Yes. Um, and apparently... 
Pete must have died from, I'm going to guess, internal bleeding because there clearly was no bruising. Oh, no. <laughs> no broken anything that we could see. No blood on the ground. It yeah. was a very, very sanitized passing. Yeah, he seemed very, um, very fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, a pretty pretty decent story. Not one of my favorites, but still still enjoyable. And yes, does indeed show newer viewers like, hey, um, this is what happens when you uh, go meddling around in time. Exactly. So, next time on our tour through the Doctors, Taylor, I believe you are up, sir. I am, and I, I really, I struggled for a bit to try and pick one. There were there were a couple David Tennant ones, a couple Tenth Doctor ones that I was trying to uh, go back and forth on. I had narrowed it literally down to four different ones that uh. I wanted to do, but I ultimately settled on Tooth and Claw. Ah, the introduction of Torchwood. Yeah, so it, it's it's got a few different introductions, and I think it actually uh, sets up a lot of stuff. So it's going to be interesting to kind of like uh, look at it uh, from that angle. It, it is admittedly another Rose story. Uh, the other one I was considering was Fires of Pompeii, ah. which I would love to talk about sometime because obviously that plays a lot into uh, current series. Yes. But we can do that another time for sure. I call it a guilty pleasure i wanted to do tooth and claw so we'll take a look at that one next time all right sounds good so hopefully you all join us for that you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter just search the podcastica you can follow me on twitter at team hate and you can follow taylor on twitter at apex buddha Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search for The Podcastica and find that sweet Gallifreyan writing and rate and review us as well. A huge shout out to the Y-Axes. They do our music. You can check them out on theyaxes.bandcamp.com and we'll put all their other awesome information in the show notes. Head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our awesome Podcastica shirts. We would appreciate that. Buy a mug. We have mugs, too. Cool. Why not? And that is it for us this time. We will talk to you guys when we review Tooth and Claw, and we will see you then. Bye. Bye, guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Podcastica here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. Ooh, ah, man. Well, we're going to do that over again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What just happened? Oh, my goodness. There it is. Okay. Let's try that. Again. All right. Quiet down there. Let's try that. Let's try that again. Wow. What happened? I I was like where, and then I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> God, because <laughs> I thought that I thought um I don't know I have it now. No, I knew I know we're good. We're fine. Here we go. <laughs>